Look at the adjective. Play. Now is the franchise going to take the Viagra? Oh, going to put the butts in the seat. Hello there, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode number 97 of Because WCW, the podcast where the big boys play. My name is the Twisted Genius Dean Angus, and I'm joined as ever by my colleague, the, the Zone Sports Journalist, Liam Hap. Good evening to you, Liam. How are you doing today? I'm not doing too bad, Dean. No, I'm enjoying this November rain. Oh, wait, hang on. It's July. It's July. What the yeah. hell? This is ridiculous. Well, here in the UK, the weather is awful. Over in Canada, the country's basically on fire, isn't it? It's <laughs> yeah. all going a bit crazy, so... Got a Canadian on my, uh, on my team at, at work, and yeah... Uh, he, he said something along the lines of the audacity of English people to complain about 25 degrees. <laughs> we complain about everything. Oh yeah, we, I was going to say, we, yeah. If it's if it's hot, we complain it's too hot. If it's cold, we say it's too cold. If it's wet, it's too wet. If it's not raining, then you know, oh, the the grass is drying up. It's yeah. We'll, um, we'll... And my absolute least favourite is when it's too normal. I hate too normal weather. Because you can't come trust it. That... It you seems the next logical it. step. To be fair. Don't trust anyone. Steve Austin DG. told us that. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you then? Well, um, you you may detect that my voice is a little bit kind of croaky and husky today. I assumed it was just the whiskey and the cigars. No, no, I, I gave them up uh, because um, because I don't like because either. WCW uh, because WCW. Yeah, no, um, last night uh, I had my first wrestling show back. Um, I was hey. MC. Yeah. I was emceeing uh, for Revolution Pro Wrestling in um, the Cockpit Theatre in London. Um, and, yeah, I I haven't... Well, I actually did... Yeah, the, um, there's there's that website, Time and Date, which you put two dates in, and it tells you how, how long the gap is between the two dates. And the gap between shows was exactly 500 days. Oh. Um yeah, long old time. Um, and and that last show before that was managing actually. So I mean, I yeah, I hadn't, I haven't emceed a show in, in quite a few years. So it was just a matter of you know getting back in practice in that and um, made a few rickets, nothing too bad. But it was it was really good. I mean, the the venue itself is a it's a very small, compact um, theatre that holds about two hundred people when it's when it's packed. Um, obviously it wasn't packed because they had to sell tickets in a certain way. Um, so I think it was about one third full roughly because they said that, you know, tickets were sold in bubbles and then you had to, you had to separate people out. Um, but just to, yeah, just to see, um, real live people again was 
was something else. It was just so good. And I mean, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like a, a normal show because, um, yeah, you still have to take various precautions. You know, everybody, um, when we arrived, the first thing that happens is we all had a, a rapid flow COVID test. We had to just wait for the results to come through, make sure we're all negative. Everyone had to wear a mask backstage. Um, they sprayed the ring and the ropes and the turnbuckle with disinfectant between matches. Um, so it was, it was, um, it was, you know, a little bit different, but, um, you know, that hopefully is, is, you know, with normality will be returning soon, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was just really good to actually have, have that sense of, of vague normality back. Vague normality. Yeah. Vague um, normality. And yeah, hopefully it will continue because obviously we're hoping to meet up in person for the for the next time will be SummerSlam. Fingers crossed. Yeah, the Hooked on Wrestling parties. Um, I'll be um, I'll be hosting the one in London. Um, really, I'll be getting rat assed in London. Excellent. Um, yeah, and then I've also uh, the very next day I've got uh, I'm commentating on two shows. So uh, and one of which is like in the early afternoon. So that's going to be fun trying to work out the logistics of doing that with no sleep. But hey, that's another problem for another day. Listen up, slap nuts. That's right. This is Jeff Jarrett, the chosen one, and you're listening to because WCW. Now choke on that. Um, so we, we, um, we move on with the Nitro watch alongs. This is our second Disney episode. And I, I do believe the, the, you, you can't really have spoilers, something that's 25 years old, but I believe the spoilers are that, that Hulk Hogan makes an appearance. Yeah. We discussed at the last watch along, we discussed how it was actually a little bit awkward that they had Hall and Nash show up on the show and do a rather insipid promo recapping things that really kind of it diluted the, the fear factor they had that ominous presence they carried with the invasion mm. uh, they'd have proven better off just not show up on the show obviously because even if they're not there in person their their shadow looms large it's like they're on the show when you've when you've made that much of an impact and people are anticipating your next move you don't actually have to be on every episode each week it turns mm. out so it was a bit of a squib, them being on. Would have been better off just having those promos, I think, of everyone else saying their shots on the board. Would have had a much better effect. Uh, but here we go. Now now we're going to see what they do direct as a unit, as the New World Order, using that name. Not the New World Organization that was used in Hogan's <laughs> promo. Now we're going to see how this storyline rolls on. We know, obviously, with the benefit of hindsight and extreme wrestling fandom we know that this storyline got really rather good but now oh, yeah. we get to relive it week by week and track how it goes which i'm, I'm also to. uh yeah i'm also hoping that this is the week with uh, hulk hogan you smoked my children but we'll uh from hacks or jim duggan but we will we'll, we'll have to wait and see right Only one way to find out indeed well we are on zero 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 and uh, are you ready, Liam? I'm just counting all the zeros. I think you're spot on there. Oh, wow. Excellent. Well, every week you do this, you manage every to get the exact week. number of zeros. It's almost like it's the same every time or something. It's uncanny. It's, it is uncanny. That is the word. Um, but we will press... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, if you're if you're wanting to watch along with us, 
Um, this is the episode of Monday Nitro that was originally broadcast on July the 15th, 1996. So we will press play in three, two, one. Cue burning buildings. Well, there's buildings and there's the burn. Can you feel the burn, Dane? And there's babyface Hulk Hogan still. Oh, that's awkward. Yeah, how long is he going to be in the re, uh, in the yellow trunks? Next thing you know, Cactus Jack will sharp on these. <laughs> well, uh, who else could we have? Maybe like uh, Nitron. Oh, good old Nitron. The skyscrapers. <laughs> Let's just get all the dated images up on there. The Motor City Madman. <laughs> yeah. That would have taken Nitro to a whole new level. Yeah. There's a good little over, overhead shot there, apart from the fact that the crowd is tiny compared to what they're used to having. Yeah, it's a nice setup, though, isn't it? It's scenic. I, I like it when it's vastly different each week. So it's a nice location. And we've got more daylight on this on this instance, haven't we, than last week? Yeah, we will see, um, yeah, we will see it get... I was going to say it get more more light, but actually the the uh, the nights get shorter in July, don't they? Start so it should a start being a little bit darker each week. A little bit, yeah, but it feels like that it was pretty dark even very early on last week. Last week's nitro, wasn't it? Yeah, so you hear so it must in, have started earlier. Yeah, and here we are indirectly talking about the weather again. So <laughs> yeah, Hulk Hogan is. He's in the building, or not in the... There isn't a building to be in. You know what I mean. He's at the venue. He's here at Disney. Oh. Zabisco's worried that people are going to flock to the New World Order. He'd actually be oddly bang on the money. Absolutely. Oh, Oh, and we're going straight to the hill turn. (laughs) Yeah, now now that the the replay is no longer available to buy on pay-per-view... We are now finally having the replay, and we've just got Hayden uh, saying, whose side is he on? They've kept it in the replay. It's just that big, awkward moment before he drops the first leg. We've gone over this at length. I've written several pieces about it online, and it's still fantastic, isn't it? Uh, and even the referee, Pee Wee Anderson, has his head in his hands like, what the hell are you doing? And the high five with Hall and the high five with Nash. And Randy Anderson now looks like his cat's just been run over or something. I even love the fact that Hogan has Hall knock Sting out of the ring when he tries to get back in. I, ju- yeah. I just love the fact that even then there's that... There's that gap between Hogan and Sting that they would then build to in tremendous fashion in 97 and then blow spectacularly at the crucial moment. Spectacularly wrong, yeah. Episode one of the podcast, baby. Didn't we also regard this as arguably the greatest non-finish in wrestling history? Yeah. Where the fact that it didn't end like a wrestling match should actually made it even better. Mm. Yeah. Because the result is officially no contest, I believe, isn't it? Yeah. Here you go. Shivani is... You, you can just sense that Shivani's about to go on a rant. This is... 
This is a cool entrance way. It's basically a garden path. <laughs> yeah, with a tree in the middle yeah. of it. It's again, there's there similarities. By, excuse me, I have to interrupt you just to say that Tony Giovanni just said there was, by golly, a ticker tape parade, and he pays us back this way. <laughs> by golly. Well, that's the only type of ticker tape parade I, I know, a by golly one. <laughs> you don't hear that phrase anymore. Obviously, that entrance set was very similar the last episode, but again, like because we've got broad daylight at the start of the show here, we don't know how long for. You'd imagine that it's going to dip pretty quickly. These things are usually recorded in the evening, but they've definitely kicked off the show earlier than the previous week. Here come the Steiners. So Steiners v Fahrenheit. This is you know, a, a tag title contenders match. Uh, so I'm rematch from the pay-per-view, isn't it? Yes, was it, it the is. Ba- was it the Great American Bash or Bash that beach these two teams were that? One of the two. Um, it might have been Great, Great American, American Bash because Bash at the Beach was uh, was the one that happened just we we yeah we did Bash Bash at the Beach a little while ago with Robert Nickel. But with James Dickens, I recall that quite recently when we picked up that episode. Yeah, because the pay per view is all out of whack, you know. But that's okay. Yeah. Sting and Ric Flair aren't here tonight. We have just been told by Tony Giovanni. Mm. Only Lex Luger is here that has felt the impact of it. I don't know how Ric Flair would uh, tie Ooh. into that. Obviously, he wasn't part of the main event match. But I think he was just sort of talking about main eventers that are around to, to defend WCW as such. Mm. It remains to be seen just how interested the horseman would be in doing that, of course. Mm. And um, the Scott Steiner angriometer is very high today. He looks fuming. Even more so now he's just been raked in the eyes by Scott Norton. Yeah, and his um, his outfit looks like it's got sort of some pick-and-mix sweets on it. Which, which means and it probably Rick, costs actually. about £5,000. Yeah. Because whenever you get those pick a mixes, it always comes like, how much? I only put a Very few in. True. Yeah, Rick Steiner looks like his, uh, his outfit is covered in like Smarties or Skittles or oh, something. Now, now you're just getting my sweet tooth activated. Need to, I need yeah. some dessert tonight. I've not had dessert after my dinner, so... Did you ever... Did, were you aware... Obviously, that, is that because you didn't eat all your vegetables? I ate all my vegetables. I just didn't take the time to actually eat something afterwards. Um, oh. But obviously, Woolworths were the famous ones for picker mixes, Dean. But you they know were. the the store Wilkinson are still going? Wilkinson? Wilkinson's, yeah. Wilco. Wilco, yeah. Those shops. Yeah. Um, I remember, like... Early 2000s, they tried to jump on the pick and mix bandwagon, but they allowed people to weigh the bags themselves and then just take them to checkout, which was glorious yeah. because then I'd just be, you know, very carefully hovering a huge bag of sweets so it grazed the scale and paid like £1.50 for about £10 worth of sweets. Ah, oh, those were the days. And- and yet Wilkinson is still in business, despite your uh, your thievery. Yeah, although several of my teeth nearly weren't, because I've had several cavities as a t- cavities as a teenager. <laughs> uh, so Norton's doing a hell of a lot of choking and gouging. He's mm. he's not even trying at the minute. 
Maybe now we'll run the ropes. Hang on. Oh, no. Here we go. Well, I think, you know, we mentioned this last week that these people in the venue aren't necessarily wrestling fans. And I think the, you can tell that from the, the lack of big reaction that the Steiners got. So maybe that choking was just to kind of establish fire and ice as the heels. Yeah, it's not often you see it very early in the match. So normally a lot of wrestlers like to like to really get their, their heart rates up in, in the first couple of minutes of a match, don't they? Mm. But that was a lovely belly-to-belly from Steiner. But remember, I think you know, we, I, I think we mentioned this last week, that this kind of crowd, this is the, the closest equivalent that Americans will have to the traditional holiday camp wrestling in the UK. Where you, which, which, which is, is a, a reference you experience. love, making. <laughs> yeah, it's a great learning experience because you have oh, to absolutely. learn how to get a reaction out of people who aren't wrestling fans and aren't necessarily familiar with you. See, uh, what it what this match also is offering at the minute, which I do appreciate, is even though like it was actually like over a month ago, the Great American Bash and their and their big match they had, uh, they were obviously setting up a far different template to that match because that was just a that was like a demolition derby, a little a little bit scrapey at times, not always uh, aesthetically pleasing, but a good hard well, the, uh, match. Pay-per-view match. Yeah. yeah. It was a, it was a Hoss match, wasn't it? Yeah. Whereas now they are indeed like just building up and going through the gears. Mm. But again, you know, that's the difference between a, a match that you have on pay per view, where you've got more time to play with, and you've got people who have made a conscious choice to pay for the show and watch it, compared to a TV audience who might be flicking channels and and yeah, he nearly just uh, well. <laughs> Yeah, he nearly dropped Ice Trend on his head with a belly-to-belly suplex there, Rick Stein did. Ask Doug Williams to ask him about that. (laughs) Yeah. Good friend of Doug Williams. Oh, wow. That, 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 yeah, as you probably heard, that made me gasp. That was... Yeah. Even 25 years on. So, um, Teddy Long has made his way to ringside. We don't know why. Rick Steiner with the Scorpion Death Drop before it was the Scorpion Death Drop. Which I I love Sting's version of that move. That just added a whole new element to him. Just that one extra finisher, didn't it? Well, it's, it's certain little things that people do to make a move their own. I mean, think about how many people have done a reverse neck breaker over time compared to the rude awakening neck breaker. Mm. And I think the and thing part, that... Di- part of it... Sorry, you go. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, the thing for me that differentiated it with Sting was he was using like a proper Avenger, wasn't he? He was going around just pull it, pulling people back from behind and dropping them down mm. when he felt that they were, weren't were doing the right thing. Because obviously he did it to a few WCW and NWO members alike early in his storyline. And obviously he did that a little bit as well in TNA when he was in the main event Mafia. And he was straddling course, that line. Yeah. And it worked like that. It was just a... It was it was almost a punishment he dished out, wasn't it? 
Mm. The Judgment. Big, uh, big Steiner line clothesline from Rick Steiner. But yeah, the, the like the rude awakening, you know, the way he just set them up, he very meticulously pulled their head around and uh, wig, you know, wiggled the hips, and and of course the way it was sold by the opponents and the fact they didn't kick out, all of those things add up. Funnily enough, it's rewatching a lot of classic WCW over the last five years that has reminded me that while, yeah, that's exactly how I remember the Rude Awakening, there were still plenty of occasions where he hit far more of a quick and ready neck breaker. Mm. Uh oh. Ice Train has accidentally landed a splash on Scott Norton and. He is now in trouble. Big German suplex from Rick Steiner, who was trying to, I think Rick Steiner was trying to hold him in the bridge, but lost it. Yeah. And there's a sign of a good pro, though. Just flips over and makes a regulation cover. So you're not, you know, you're not making it obvious that there's been a ricket there. It's just the way you, the way you do it. You do it as you do if you're actually trying to win and you hit a German suplex, but actually couldn't hold the bridge. You would still try and pin the man yeah. as a suplex. Exactly. And we got our first Mean Gene uh, appearance of the evening. And he is with Big Bubba Rogers, Kevin Sullivan, and Jimmy Hart. Gene says, no faces are fear. Sullivan says it's because they're all watching their back. So it's... uh... Oh, here we go. (laughs) okay Jimmy Hart has a plan it's uh, always interesting to see exactly (laughs) exactly where groups like this have to fall into place in this but a a lovely little touch there was that the interview was kind of interrupted by Fire and Ice going past and arguing with each other. Arguing, yeah. I really Here's like the faces. that. Here's the face of it. Here's the barbarian. He he picked himself up after being fired by Harley Race, didn't he? Yeah. On our Clash of the Champions review. <laughs> yeah, the barbarian. That's another thing that has grown in these watches of those type is my love for the barbarian. Who, by the smart crowd, is generally seen as not great, isn't he? But he actually really is in a lot of different ways. Yeah, the more the more we've been doing these shows, yeah, with the pay-per-views at different times and the clashes and the nitros, absolutely, I am I am on board with you there. I think hugely underrated talent. Yeah, and uh, he's by far, hands down, the best wrestler at getting fired. <laughs> yeah, fired. Oh, yeah. Pole drive so him again. Dean... <laughs> Brilliant. So, uh, Dean, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, episode ninety-six, we uh, Liam and I reviewed Clash of the Champions twenty-two, and it was it was a tremendous show. Everyone, even outside of wrestling, should be fired like that. Life will be so much more fun. Glacier is coming to WCW, then. He's been coming to WCW for quite a while. Oh, we've now we're after the break, and we've got a uh, an interview with a very unhappy-looking Fire and Ice. 
Norton's uh, playing the I run, I'm the leader, I put this team together card. He So he's told him he screwed it up. For, and, and Ice Train is saying that he's playing by the rules, and here comes Teddy Long. He's trying to play Peacemaker. Hmm. And Teddy <laughs> Long just got shoved, got pie faced. No. He got pie faced by Scott Norton. And I think it's safe to say that Fire and Ice is no more. Ice Train was so furious that he shoved Teddy Long down. And he's like, yeah, we are going to fight. So that sounds like a very formal version of the team breaking up. Yes. Teddy's so, just trying to be peacemaker, as you say, Liam. Yeah. For the, uh, I believe the first time since he had that incredible 57-second second match with William Regal, or Lord Stephen Regal, I should say, um, here's yeah. Billy Kidman. Yeah, a very young, very thin-looking Billy Kidman. But yeah, absolutely. It, the last time we saw him was... That 57 minute second match, which is, we are you know, laying down the challenge. We want anyone who thinks there is a better one, sub one minute match than that, show it to us. I mean, there, there'll be a couple that can maybe, oh, hang on. Jimmy Hart, Pestrin D. Malenko. Yeah. Remember, um, Kevin Sullivan said that Jimmy Hart has a plan. And it may pertain to trying to make sure all the wrestlers are ready for the New World Order later. I'm guessing. Yeah, well, it's almost like all the heels in WCW are now kind of default faces because they're WCW still. Yeah, it's interesting that the the heels are conversing with other hills but they're not quite at the level yet where they're willing to stand side by side with the good guys and yes yeah. it's 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 going to be a long night for Kidman even if this is shorter than that Regal match because I suspect he's going to get stretched well he just had his head clothes lined off by Milenko oh, love that I'm leg Larry as well yeah really good do you know what I'm also wondering though What's that? Being that, as we've established, this isn't a wrestling crowd. This is a holiday makers crowd at Disney. What are the chances that, despite everything that's happened, they still cheer Hulk Hogan because Hulk Hogan's the wrestler they've heard of? Yeah, that could be a bit of a uh, backfire. We'll wait and see. I can't wait. You think things like that will probably stand out a bit more historically if that actually happened, but who knows? So there's been a lot of things that took us by surprise on this watch-along series so far, and that is as die-hard, long-time WCW fans. So, uh, there's a great, um, I was listening to a great podcast um, interview with Dean Malenko, Chris Jericho, on his Talk is Jericho podcast, and um, some great stories from Dean Malenko, well worth checking out. And obviously, um, I'm sure you're aware he's suffering from Parkinson's disease. He's just talking a bit about that as well. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's. Oh, I thought he was going to get the pin off a leg grapevine there. Mm. But uh, yeah, I've not caught that episode. 
I'm aware of the uh, that they, they do actually make a bit of a big deal about his Parkinson's on AEW recently, where he works as an agent, mostly because he yeah. he did an angle where he took a punch from MJF to get MJF more heat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, so it's a good episode to pick, to check out. Oh, Hulk. Yeah, Sorry, Shivani's po- back back on it now by saying that Hulk Hogan stabs us all through the heart. Yeah, I, d- I don't think Hulk Hogan's going to get a Christmas card from Tony Schiavone. Don't you? Probably doesn't even now. <laughs> <laughs> he still hasn't forgiven him. But then, given some of Hulk Hogan's comments uh, that have been caught on tape, uh, there's a lot of people who are not sending Christmas cards to Hulk Hogan these days. The, the, yeah, that, that's very true. Got in my token reference. Yep. So this is Beautiful quite... side sort of belly-to-belly suplex. Yeah. Yeah, side salto suplex from uh, it, Malenko. It's already gone long enough for it would, and it's more competitive than I expected as well. I mean, it's been mostly Milenko, but yeah, Kidman's got some uh, got some offense in here. Bit of a mean streak here. He's ramming that leg against the ring post. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I've got to say, if you asked me the question, when did Billy Kidman debut? I would not have said summer of '96. I'd have put it put the the clock a lot further forward than that. Yeah, but this is pretty common circle you you see a lot of uh future stars end up doing these little spots don't you and then yeah. they're almost unrecognizable when they do end up getting a profile slot it's like little little things like where they always make reference to cm punk being a mobster on john cena's car at a mm. wrestlemania for instance Yeah, I mean, they're little cameo appearances as, as extras. I mean, Sasha Banks was one of Triple H's attendants at a WrestleMania fancy entrance before. Oh, yeah, that was Char- Charlotte Flair as well, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. I think there was one more. I can't remember who it was. Nice little uh, sequence of near falls from both men. Oh, there's that run-up bulldog that Kidman always used to do. Doesn't even get a one count. But he's lasted beyond 57 seconds. He has, and he's going up top. Is he going for a shooting star press? Yes, he is. Hits a shooting star press. Well, he tries to hit a shooting star press, but Malenko gets out of the way. But that got a really good ooh from the crowd. Or as Shivani called it, almost a reverse somersault. (laughs) Well, it wasn't really uh, a popular popularly known move at that point. Malenko oh, wow. hits a massive brain buster. <laughs> He's taking him to school. Brain buster, power bomb, tiger bomb into the clothing. That is that is when you just want to teach someone a lesson. I think they're putting across the fact that he is very angry that he lost the Cruiserweight title last yeah. week and he's taking it out on Billy Kidman. The the ring posts, leg spots, that finishing stretch. Every time Kidman got a stretch of offense, and he got a few thanks to Dean in that match, uh, but every time he did, Malenko got more and more angry and more and more sadistic. 
That was a fun match. Sabisco is very impressed by uh, Malenko's combo throwing skills. Yeah. That brain buster alone would have done it if he so desired. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's what made the whole thing really good. Like you said, he could have he could have finished the guy off three moves before. He hit th- he hit three moves, all of which could have been finishes, just to get across how pissed off he is at losing that title. Referee could have called excessive O Castigo there. Oh. Kevin Green is back on Nitro. He's he's made what one one appearance since he got turned on by McMichael. Yeah, he did the pay per view and then did the Nitro after the pay per view, didn't he? Yeah. Hey, right now he's he's forgotten about that because he's very angry at Hulk Hogan. Oh, Hulk Hogan didn't believe a thing that he was preaching. Sounds like a politician. <laughs> he does. He does have a good voice for a promo, though. He really puts it in, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. He's Back hunting Mongo. Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> he's got to catch a plane in two hours, but he wants to beat up McMichael first. Don't you have to get to the airport two hours ahead of time? <laughs> and you know what? A really good endorsement of that is the fact that Mean Gene didn't have to step in and rescue things at all. No. Because, yeah, that's why they put him in there. Talking of people who don't have Hulk Hogan on their uh, Christmas card list, we're having a promo <laughs> from Harlem Heat. Well, don't worry. Uh, early in 1997, I can assure you that Booker T will be coming for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's Harlem Heat against Rough and Ready. I'm trying to work out who Rough and Ready were. He called them two hillbillies. <laughs> I yeah, guess we'll find out next. We're getting shocked by some of these WCW tag teams. Do you remember uh, who was it on oh, the... The Wrecking Crew. The Wrecking Crew, Fury yeah. Didn't page. expect them yeah. to win that match. No, they were um, a bit underwhelming. Yeah. They're no disorderly conduct, are they? <laughs> High voltage. I want I want a nitro appearance for holding one Barry Darso. We have to wait a couple <laughs> of years for that, but I hope it does happen. Oh, I forgot about holding one Barry Darso. Oh. So here's Rough and Ready. Oh look, it's Mike Enos. It's, yes. it's the former Mauler. It's the team that Colonel Rob Parker presented recently. Didn't he? There was something about this. Maybe That's it, Dick Slater, isn't it, with him? A couple of weeks ago, maybe. Mm. But yeah, that is Dick Slater with him, isn't it? 
Big glaring uh, WCW big, on the roof. Uh, so the big, the big push, the big hype for the Mauler before Scott Hall came and ruined it all. Yeah, it was it it was almost like that that guy who. Hang on. Parker is managing what? both teams. Parker as well. Sister Sherry was with Harlem Heat, and I think no, I think Parker's just uh, talking with Sherry, isn't he? Shivani addressed him as the promoter of the tag champions, and you remember oh. he did he did come and help them win a match very recently as well. Yes. So he's basically like Don King. He just gravitates towards the winners because they make him more money. Yeah. And I'm presuming if he's the Don King, he signs them to contracts where they only make about 5% of what they earn. Yeah. Don King was a wretched human being. When I say was, it's because he's been rendered like irrelevant. It's not because he's dead. Oh, does like, he uh, not promote boxing anymore? I believe he's, he has a couple of fighters in his stable, but yeah, he's largely rendered irrelevant. Remember, there was a uh, fight coming up to 10 years ago, believe it or not. There was a fight between, I want to say it was Bernard Hopkins and Tavoyce Cloud. And Hopkins was very happy with that win in particular because he he took out one. He basically took a world title off one of Don King's last fighters to have a world title. So he was oh, very he was very happy by personally uh, t- taking Don King's power away, you know. Well, I, I remember once uh, chatting with uh, Chris Eubank, who is a world champion boxer from my hometown of Brighton. And uh, I probably shouldn't say this because it was a private conversation, but um, he described Don King as, and I quote, a money-grabbing fuck dog. See, now I'm not I really sure want to fuck dog is. I just want to but... hear Chris Eubank with his with his voice call mm. someone a fuck dog. And as he said that, a little old lady walked past us and he just he just stopped talking to me and for one moment turned to her, raised his finger and said, excuse my language. <laughs> that is like Pete Chris Eubank you've just encapsulated there, isn't it? Yeah. So here we go. We've now got Stevie Ray against Mike Enos. I'm presuming he's not the mauler anymore. They have not use that phrase on him obviously he's still got a little bit of that whole you know he's a he's a rough house he's got park as his manager but he's now part of a, a duo he's part of a tag team yeah which is where he found the most success in his career anyway and i'm finding the the fight between presumably two brothers in the front row more interesting than this headlock spot between the tag teams uh, is that the uh the Little kids in the front row. Yeah, they're punching each other on the arm. This is uh, not the sort of match you want to put in front of a casual crowd that you alluded to earlier. Oh, I see the, uh, I see them now, and their dad's now telling them off. Of course. It's very strange if you have one row of, of fans, as a front row. Why you just have that empty? I don't know. Well, it's not a proper WCW Nitro front row because they've not been forced to own a Hulk Hogan merchandise. Well, you can't do that anymore. Hulk Hogan's turned heel. Well, he'd have found a way, trust me, given his ego yeah. and the money he makes from the from the advertising. 
Yeah, he would have had he would have had um, merchandise for them to then tear up in front of him. That being said, it, you might remember a story from a Chris Jericho book that explains yes. how how he made he probably managed to make merchandise money even as a heel is they basically had loads of other wrestler merchandise ring up as Hulk Hogan merch anyway. Yeah. So uh, we've now got rough and ready double teaming Booker. Because it, it did seem to break down a bit between Booker and Mike Enos. They didn't seem to gel particularly well. Yeah, it's not been much of a a match. It's hard to get invested yeah. in this one. Uh, it's obviously not got the action-packedness of uh, Kidman Malenko to draw your attention in. And you All know Harlem Heat are going to win. Hmm. Yeah, at least with with the Malenko match, you had a bit of a backstory that you, you know that Malenko had lost the the cruiserweight title at Disney the week before. Darkness is descending on Orlando. Yeah, it's, it's starting to fade a bit now. Definitely a bit behind last week's show, but I like it. It reminds me of WrestleMania three. That's the all time great uh, Darkness Falls event, isn't it? I do like it on yeah any of the modern WrestleManias where yeah you got, or of course SummerSlam '92 where you start off in the daylight and then it gets darker as the night goes on. Yeah, a lot of modern WrestleManias, to be honest, they have daylight and darkness purely because they're eight hours long, so it's impossible not to. <laughs> um, but one that was quite fond in my memory was uh, 31, which wasn't bad, even if. Even if Triple H tried to replicate the Starcade '97 result by beating Sting. Ah, uh, yes, that was a fun match, though. All, it was. It really from, was. From the, from the past. It was that sort of. You can have a match like that on every. Uh, on every pay per view, really. Yeah. A bit of nostalgia. Do you reckon uh, Triple H is going to have himself a match at SummerSlam now that they've got crowds back? God, I hope not. It's just, as as we've said before, his his matches are forced into the same template, regardless of who he faces at a WrestleMania or major event. It's 25 minutes, it fits a certain template, and it just it just loses you. It's so colour by numbers. Pulls the pants off everyone, yeah. And he's, yeah, wrestled in silence. And he's more than capable of having good long matches with certain people even at his age he's more than capable of having dynamic shorter matches with certain people but that his matches are all the same also i think it's a sign uh moving back to the, the action on on the screen i think it's a sign of how long we've been in lockdown the fact that when they just panned back and you could see one horizontal row of fans after another after another it just looks to me like the world's biggest zoom call oh pole driver where, yeah where you can get like banks of people appearing gallery mode i think they call them yeah i, I mean i don't know what the the biggest zoom call you've ever been on i've not done massively ones i think when we did a, a virtual birthday blowing out the candles last year like right at the because our daughter's birthday was like a month into the, the pandemic. 
uh, and we had quite a few people logging on to do the birthday song and all that. But otherwise, I've thankfully not been on too many huge Zoom calls. This match is still going on, by the way. Yeah, if it sounds like we're deviating with different topics, trust me, we're doing you a favour. And uh, we've got we've got Parker and Sherry looking very close. Yeah, just canoodling for no real reason. It, the referee's doing the little motions they do just before they're about to throw a match out. So, but he's not, to be fair. Yeah, Enos just power slammed Booker, and. Parker is now up on the apron. Sherry is in the ring. And she's <laughs> kissing Dick Slater in the most aggressive way you've ever seen. I mean, you know, she could have just gouged his eyes or something. Yeah, and um, apparently getting kissed by Sherry is enough to get you rolled up and pinned. Like you said, what's wrong with the gouge in the eyes? That was a weird match. Yep. Oh, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> well, they are still the tag team champions, thanks to Sherry kissing Dick Slater. And yeah, even pa- Shivani sounds stunned by this. Parker has regrouped with the defeated team and they come out to stand with the winning team. Oh, yeah. what a mess! And uh, and we've just been told that um, we've just been told that Harlem Heat will go into Hog Wild with uh, as the tag champions, and uh, we all remember how Harlem Heat wrestling in front of a crowd of bikers went. <laughs> this is good to see, though. We've got a promo video showing just what Rey Mysterio can do. I mean, these sort of things really help. I mean, he's yeah. made a few eye-catching appearances this stage already, but but this this just keeps the education going and keeps the awareness building. And most of these moves in the package, Dean, were not being done by hardly anyone. Uh, Absolutely not. This is the thing, yeah. He, you know, the the influence that Rey Mysterio had on American wrestling is absolutely immense. You know, not just because because the, the thing that people immediately talk about is the size. You know, he was far and away the smallest pro wrestler anyone had seen at the time. But it wasn't just the size, it was the moves. <laughs> That's a great little inset promo from Ming. Couldn't cool, understand the words from it, but that's can I, pro can I just point, Yeah. Can I just point out there that that the um the subtitles genuinely and literally just said the word foreign. We've got Kevin Green back out again. He's taken his shirt off. He wants to go to the ring and fight Mongo right now. We don't have a clue where Mongo is at this stage. No. And uh, Mean Gene is is trying to tell him not to go to the ring. Mm. Apparently, NFL training camp starts very soon. So he wants to get this fight in before he has to report back to training. Yeah. So he said he'll be ready by February. So I guess that's when the American football season is over, which means... Super Bowl uh, in February, yeah. 
Yep, so that's when they can have their um that's when they can have a match at last. And uh, the women are being held in such high regard that um, they're already in the ring and the bell rings as we go back to the squared circle. Yes, no introductions. Medusa and Malia Hosaka. Yes. According to the introduction on the network. And that's, I mean, you can tell it's Medusa, obviously. Uh, But yeah, I had to use the, oh, what, spin kick? Yes, I was just going to say. That's how you introduce yourself. And again, very clever presentation here because just from the ring outfits, you can tell that Medusa is from America and Malia Hasaka is from Japan. And therefore, the holiday-making crowd will cheer the American wrestler and boo the foreign wrestler. This is, this is wrestling stereotypes 101, basically. Yeah. And apparently we are, we are on the road to hyping the match between Medusa and Bull Nakano where they're going to ride their respective motorcycles into Hog Wild, presumably oh. a, a Harley and a Honda. And yes. uh, the winner gets to smash up the loser's motorcycle. Well, I wonder how that one's going to go. Which is uh, only in wrestling stipulation, isn't it? Yeah. Need to set that stipulation for the next Hooked on Quiz or something. It'd be, make things interesting. The uh, winner gets to um, just drink the loser's drink, I don't know. <laughs> Lim, we're rapidly approaching our number two. Are we going to get the little dynamite countdown? Yeah. Well, that means this match has got to finish before our number two begins, surely. So, not only do they not get a ring introduction, they probably get about two minutes. Yeah, they're hyping that the outsiders and Hogan will be here. Yeah. Three hair-assisted snapmares into a chin lock. Again, it's it's another match that's going to struggle to hold the casual crowd. But they did, you know, they got some reactions with the high energy moves. We've seen that always works. Uh, but it's interesting to see some of this in front of casual audiences and then to think that we're only a couple of years away from Crash TV becoming popular. And this was probably the chief argument behind all the TV matches being three minutes or less for for several yeah. years. So Medusa is now doing hair-assisted snapmares herself to a decent pop from the crowd. Just that turnabout is fair play. That's a classic. And yeah. it worked. Boston and Crab. Now Hasaka going through, yeah, Boston Crab. Hasaka Crab. <laughs> I love Hasaka. If I was going to name a, a Boston Crab variant after a Japanese city, it'd be Hasaka. Hasaka's awesome. Because, Dean, I've been to Japan. I, I heard. Several times. I just realised that uh, I'm terribly behind on the July Sumo tournament. I must catch up. <laughs> I saw some people were tweeting and Facebooking about that. I believe it's ongoing. It is. It's day three today, yeah. My favourite thing ongoing at the moment, actually, is Summer Games Done Quick. Are you familiar with that? It's no. a, a video video game speed gaming marathon 
where a bunch of the best uh, video games in the world just mm. play these games and complete them in a hideously fast time. There's the pin. Yeah, and it raises loads ropes, of money for charity. Then basically, she got them off the ropes because she realised they had to get going because there's 30 seconds left in this hour. <laughs> there's the dynamite. We need to have fireworks, and there's going to be more attention given to the fact that some time has elapsed compared to Medusa wrestling. Yeah, it's sometimes they try and do this during the match, and other times they don't. It's it's a weird little tradition. But yeah, so yep. she has beaten a Japanese go. opponent ahead of her big Japanese yes. grudge match, is the point, basically. It was exactly. short enough. like you, you could tell the points in the match where they were kind of outstanding their welcome and wearing things thin a bit, but it weren't bad. Yeah. And so now we've got Heenan and Bischoff for our number two. And where yeah, are Bischoff's they? talking about about well he still just said where are they? I don't think have have WCW actually named Hall and Nash yet? Oh, have we got Meng and Arn Anderson next? That's gonna be that's gonna be solid as anything, isn't it? Oh, I'll tell you what, I love the Ming inset promo, but there's a man who can do an inset promo with that voice, just very yeah. calmly in a 30 second bit, with his famous music playing over it, made it even better. Mm. Don't know uh, exactly where um, Heenan and Bischoff are, but they're up in a crow's nest type arrangement. Yeah. I wear matching polos as well. There is something going on behind them. What is what is happening? Ah. <laughs> oh, Hall and there you go. He's just called them Hall and Nash, and they've basically covered up the WCW letters that you were referring to earlier, Liam, with. Bed sheets with the letters N and W, and I'm presuming that the, the other W is covered up by an O. Oh, not yet. No, we can't. They've got an N W. New world. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not quite that famous screenshot of an of a future Nitro, where Hulk Hogan spray painting N W O on the trailer, and he's only done the N. That one's become a bit of a meme on Twitter. Have you seen that? I haven't. You can. Yeah, I'll leave the rest to your imagination. Yeah. Oh, here we go. In the background, we can just see Hall and Nash doing the O bedsheet over the second W of WCW. This is more entertaining than the Harlem Heat match. Yeah. This is like when you get when you're driving past like a footbridge on a, ro- a main road and someone's you know written on a bedsheet "Happy Birthday, Kev" or something. Yeah. Or Guy Fawkes was innocent. <laughs> that one used to show up a lot when I was a kid for some reason. Well, this music can only mean one thing. Meng. Yeah. Now, you know what's going to be really interesting here is to see if if Meng and, and Arne, especially Arn Anderson, but if they have like their regular kind of match or if they adapt anything to this crowd. 
That's true. But it is another extension of the never-ending Horseman Dungeon of Doom quasi feud. Yeah. I won't say will they, won't they, will they, won't they, will they, won't they anymore because it's very. I think since the Great American Bash, it's very much been the two sides are at odds. Funnily enough, they'll probably yeah. be forced alongside each other again by the New World Order. Here comes on that music. Wearing his Four Horsemen t-shirt. He means all so, business. Uh, yeah. As he walks past and the, uh, the NWO covering up WCW is visible in the background. Oh, there it is there again. It is. Just showing a close-up of it. Speaking of Andersons, did you happen to catch Brock Anderson's debut on TV? I didn't. Recently? No, I didn't see that. Actually. I missed it that one. It was decent enough. Uh, interesting to see what else comes of it. I mean, they've got an opportunity there, Dean, over on AEW to do. Remember, there was that infamous uh, time when Dustin Rhodes recruited Arn Anderson to team with him against the stud stable. And, yeah, and then uh, they broke his arm. Yeah. And, well, yeah, Arn Anson said to him, like, if you, you want the old Arn Anson on your side, you'll get the old Arn Anson. And then promptly turned on him and joined the stub stable. Yeah. And I'm wondering if we're going to see another Anderson Rhodes turn. I'd love to see that. Just like old times. <laughs> no, I remember, uh, I remember that incident. Because... Didn't they accidentally, legitimately break his arm? Um, or was that just an amazing sell job? I can't which, remember. Which arm break was this? The 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 one where Arn Anderson comes off the comes off the top rope on onto Dustin Rhodes' arm. I'm not sure if it was a real break or not. Have to find out. I'm still trying to find out why WCW did a load of these tapings at Disney. <laughs> what was that martial arts kick from Ming? Mm-hmm. So you know we're putting Meng across as a dangerous individual, but the crowd seem more interested in booing Jimmy Hart at the moment. Well, you know they're they're in old habits. That's like. That is what they know. That is what wrestling fans know. Boo Jimmy Hart. Yeah. Still fireworks. I don't know why we've off. still got fireworks. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say why they're still going off. I don't know. Yeah, so we've still got several weeks to go before Hog Wild. Because this is the 15th of July and the pay-per-view is the 10th of August. Yeah. And, uh, like, we we obviously know where generally it's headed, but not much has really been confirmed so far, has it? No. Nothing yet, but, yeah, we've got plenty of time still. Big chop for Meng.
but this is um this has pretty much been them just doing what you'd expect from Arn Anderson and Meng. There's not been a huge amount of compensation made for the audience there in front of, in my eyes. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's slow, methodical. Obviously, there's a bit of a blurry line thing going on with their with their alignment. So it's it's not the most captivating stuff in the world, even though we're big Arn Anderson fans. But also, I suppose yeah, you got to think that there's a you know a handful of people in the in the venue compared to thousands more in at home watching. Yeah, the ratio is very is is thousands to one. <laughs> Jimmy Hart really animated the ringside. Well, managers should be larger than life, and you know, look at look at what he's wearing. Look at his megaphone. Oh yeah, but crawling up on the apron, like yelling instructions to Ming. Yeah. <laughs> so a new a new dimension to his usual game. Oh, here comes Barbarian. Whatever you do, Jimmy, don't fire him. It won't end well. No. Meng's got a nerve hold while the cameras are trained on Barbarian. Now it's a commercial break. So, yeah, they're really kind of slowing things down right now. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of killing time on this episode, isn't there? Mm-hmm. We, are, we are on the cusp of great things in the bigger picture, but it's not necessarily a great episode of wrestling TV. And we know, we obviously, we've documented this for a little while now. We know that the longer length doesn't help because it's so much more time to fill. They they really struggled to, to put on a bad hour-long Nitro, did they? There was, what, how many did we end up? Two, I think we three? had one that we gave a thumbs down to, or two, was it? Yeah, not yeah. many at all. So it's uh, really interesting just how much more difficult it is to to really just put on a a, a fully entertaining, captivating show, because it's more been like two or three times we've enjoyed the two hour nitros all in all, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. This match is still going, by the way. <laughs> Eric Bischoff wants them to open up Alcatraz again for the NWO to go in. <laughs> Slight exaggeration. Especially from a man who joined them six months later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the he thing. He doth protest that's too the, much. That's the benefit of hindsight, isn't it? Mm. Knowing what happens. Knowing the the hypocrisy. He who smelt it, dealt it, as a great philosopher once said. <laughs> Yeah, of course. He just said it should have been more obvious sooner. He then was telling you. He told you the whole time in one of the greatest pieces of commentary ever. No, he didn't spoil anything. <laughs> I'll argue that one to the grave. Yeah, I can. I can see both way, both views, but I just think it would have been better for Heenan to say nothing. 
Yes, uh, I, you can see both views, and in my garden, I can also see flowers and dog shit. <laughs> and which of those do you choose to smell? Oh, that 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 is your summary of things, isn't it? Yeah. Which which one do you want to smell? You can see them both. Which one do you want to smell? We have we have worked together <laughs> to put together one hell of an analogy. As long-time listeners will, will know already, I do bloody love a good analogy. You're totally oh, stealing that and using that somewhere else, aren't you? Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Obviously, if I was to use it, if I was to use it in a wrestling commentary, I would have to uh, censor it somewhat. Oh, if you use it in a wrestling commentary, I say I'll, I'll buy your drinks for life. <laughs> Disclaimer, he'll buy you one drink. Yes. Well, the NWO is supposed to be for life, but I don't see them anymore. Well, I see their merch still selling, so maybe they had a point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, this match is still going on. I think the problem is, it's like we haven't got clearly defined heel face. Characters, uh, absolutely, it's everything. Black, yeah. Harlem Heat match, another example. Harlem Heat could have done that slow plodding first gear match against the Steiners, and at least the fans would have been, no, I don't want the the Steiners in trouble. I want them to fight back, and and there's something for them to sink their teeth into. Yeah. Um, you can do cold matches but you have to compensate for it and we say that when we talk about the art of the opener don't we uh sometimes mm. it's good to open a show with a match that doesn't have that natural storyline investment because you've got a hot crowd but you've still got to work hard to keep them going you can't just do a match like this in the opening match can you yeah oh and jimmy hart distracts the ref main lays anderson out with a big savart kick that's a, a pretty big, yeah. And even Heenan's point over is a big win, because although obviously Arn Anderson is a is a function of four horsemen, he doesn't lose single matches a lot on TV. No, not at all. As the uh, merchandise or the refreshment seller gets in the way of the shop. So, considering there was a big thing about the horsemen getting back to full strength for the Great American Bash. And separating from their like their makeshift alliance with Dungeon of Doom, and they have Ooh. they have lost a lot more of the matches against the Dungeon since then that they've then they've won. Yeah, I think it's because there's no banquet table at MGM Grand. Yeah, they just they don't have the energy from it, do they? No. No, speak of the horseman. Oh, it's Mongo and Pepe and Deborah. So uh, Mongo has appeared now that Kevin Green says that he's left for the airport. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Gene <laughs> has just mentioned that. That's classic Hill, yeah. isn't it? Apparently, he's left. Some, uh, we've got some in-house football references here. 
Thank you for that, because I've got no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, I know only just enough to know that they are football references, not how good they are. <laughs> oh, here we go. Even Deborah's getting in on the... Basically, they're shitting on the Carolina Panthers, which is Kevin Green's team at the time. Whilst in Florida, so no one gives a shit. <laughs> Deb was much better on promos than Mongo, that's to be said. I don't know, Mongo Mongo's pretty charismatic. They're, this is a good little heel act they've got going on here. Both very confident on the mic. Both very animated. They took to it very fast. It was the in-ring aspect that, that, that was a bit of a yeah. struggle for Mongo. But yeah, when you consider that Mongo had spent like, you know, six months at the commentary desk, you would think he would be a bit more um uh a bit more what's the word? Articulate, used to talking by that stage. Yeah, but you know he he was never a he was never a Nick Bockwinkle style talker, was he? He's a <laughs> he's a he is a he's a proper Yankee Doodle jock. So it kind of Mongo fits Mongo Bockwinkle. Mongo Bockwinkle. I just want to hear Mongo say the the cithral protuberance now. And uh, the horseman music is back and Chris Benoit is out. Yeah, they're all getting their segments all in a row here. And Ooh. to think that, that you, you just had um, Barbarian come out and help Meng beat a horseman. And you've got all these horsemen very close to, to, to the action in that they were in the arena in public view, like within minutes of the match. And none of them came out to, you know, considering the whole horseman mantra is to gang attack and get the numbers. Mm. It just looks a bit odd, doesn't it? It looks a bit impotent. And the other weird thing with this is considering that, um, you know, we're in a ratings war right now. Bischoff is actually saying, you know, Ric Flair isn't here. Sting isn't here. The Macho Man isn't here. He's listing all the big names that aren't here. And you would think that that would risk people switching over. But then I guess that is how confident they are. And they're proven to be right to be confident. That's how confident they were that people will want to stay tuned to to see the first post-turn appearance of, as he's now known, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and on the one hand, I appreciate that they're not trying to false advertise or imply or deceive, but yeah, it's but they've got they've got the big hook, so fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I get what they're trying to do here. They're basically saying, you know, now that all the big names are, aren't here, Hogan is deciding to turn up this week. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, we have got and early version of a match that would become a pretty much a, a classic Eddie and, Guerrero and Chris Benoit. And yet not the earliest of the Nitro. I'm pretty sure we've had this at least twice. Not okay, a complaint, an observation. Yeah. And there's been a few tag team combinations as well, I believe. Yes, there has, yeah. So um, we've got a very angry looking Benoit. He seems to be very upset about something. 
Crispin yeah, Warren's here Wilde's and he's really mad. Yes. <laughs> he's dominating and, and Eddie Guerrero is just selling it and selling big. Babyface selling along Ricky Steamboat lines here from Eddie Guerrero. Uh, you'd at least expect this match to bring a little bit more energy compared to a couple of the others. I think the women's match was was decent enough. Uh, a couple of dips, but it was decent enough. Uh, Kim and the Malenko obviously went high impact and kept the crowd engaged, even though it's a very low ranking match in the on the totem pole. Couple of couple of pretty humdrum dredge matches. And uh, these two guys should be going hell for leather. Yeah, well, they've kept a very, very quick pace so far. And Guerrero's going up top and planning to go. Yeah, he has gone up top. Big plancher. And that high spot, that gets a big pop from this crowd. Let's face it, whether you're a wrestling fan or just a casual observer, who doesn't like watching someone leap off of something high on top of someone else? <laughs> That great slingshot sent on from Eddie. So Guerrero's now turned the tables. He's in charge of the match and the offense. Tilt a world backbreaker onto Benoit. And, and, and look at this. This is just a great, a mark of a great pro. Eddie Guerrero's got the crowd absolutely on the side with him now, having probably not, most of them didn't know who he was to start. Yeah, well, he's, he's Mr. Monday Nitro. He's uh, Mr. Knows how to work these sort of crowds. He's, he's just so adaptable and dependable. <laughs> Some very good ominous commentary from uh, Bischoff and Heenan who've noted that the NWO signs are still up, the bed sheets, as you put it, but Hall and Nash themselves have now disappeared. And as Heena said, uh, that, yeah. that means they could be on their way. And he then says, was it, we're 1,500 feet up. Because <laughs> they do look very high up in the uh, in the crow's nest. So they've slowed the pace down a bit. We've got a kind of camel clutch come chin lock modification. Good old fashioned camel clutch. How much fun the Hog, Hog Wild show will be. Yeah, because this will be the first edition of this concept. And as yes. many places have cited, including the fantastic uh, Nitro book by Guy Evans, uh, this was very much an Eric Bischoff vanity idea because he wanted to be able to go to the Sturgis Rally on company time. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, it's the first one because the first one was called Hog Wild. Then they had true. to change the name to Road Wild. Was that because Hog was a trademark of Harley Davidson or something? Maybe. I, I can't say uh, it's on the top of my head at the minute, but you're probably right. But also, I mean, it's not it, it's not exactly a, a, a well-translating title for marketing reasons. Road Wild is much more general. It's much more 
going to grab your attention. Hogwild is like, what? You you spit roasting a pig or? Yeah. Benoit tried a really high angle Boston Crab there, but it got kicked out of it in the end. And the snap, there's a powerbomb, and the snap that Guerrero managed to get on it was fantastic. The way he just pulled himself up. Oh, that was a good near fall. Yeah. That was like, you know, the world's hardest sit-up. He, he just performed, basically. They're really hyping up the... Uh... The fact that the NWO could pounce at any minute, which is pretty cool. Do you mean they could pounce at any minute so don't you even think about switching over to Raw for a moment? Well, it works for all purposes. It plays into the characters. It builds up the tension. And, and yeah, it just makes you want to cling on to see what happens. Hmm. Bobby Heenan, why, why don't our people do something about it? Yeah, I mean, this is at a stage where, as we've seen, there's not really a clear battle line being drawn. You know, for, for all we know, at this point in the timeline, are the NWO going to attack people like the Horsemen of the Dungeon of Doom? Are they just going to go after your typical heroes? The team at the pay-per-view was just um, Luger, Sting, Savage. Are they looking Ooh. for that sort of fish, or are they going to... To, to go after everyone and force them to unify. So there's a lot of hesitation from the wrestlers. Plenty are willing to say, oh yeah, Hulk Hogan sold out, but no one's willing to go forth and go hunt them down and fight them yet. Yeah. And it makes sense in that context. Big slam from Benoit, but Guerrero's intercepted him up top and he's going to go for a superplex by the looks of things. And again, this crowd are ready for it. Yeah. And yeah, big pop for that as well. Just by going at a faster tempo than the other matches and playing into the crowd when when they've had the opportunity. And obviously you've got a bit more of a clear heel face dynamic, but you don't even know if the casuals can necessarily tell that because it's not as if... Benoit's come out like uh, pushing over grannies in the front row or anything. So, no, he's not cheating or anything. He's just yeah. more aggressive. By those two simple factors, they are getting this credit and they're showing that the crowd are, and we've used this on previous Nitros, the crowd are there for the taking. Yeah. They're, they're waiting to be dragged into this. They're not They're not just there because they're, they're it's free or because... They've got nothing better to do. They're, they're up for losing themselves in this. But you've got, to, you've got to help them lose themselves. <laughs> Lumberjack Hacking reference from... Yeah. He's on rare form tonight, is Eric, isn't he? With some of his... <laughs> oh, Wow. As almost a, a stampede sort of spot, wasn't it? I think Brett and Dynamite used to do it with the suplex, and this time they've Ooh. done it with a. It looks like Benoit's going to power bomb Eddie over the ropes in 1996, and instead it's a hurricane that takes them both spilling to the floor. Yeah, the only difference is that in um, 
Stampede. All, this was also a spot in British wrestling because obviously there was a big, big crossover between British wrestling and Stampede. That um, that would be the end of the match. It was a great way to have a match finished without a conclusive winner. And Malenko just come out and attacked Benoit from behind. And yeah, Jimmy Hart was involved there somewhere. So this was Jimmy Hart's plan. Yeah. So this is this has uh, escaped my memory. This might be worth tracking on Nitro. At least we are starting to get more of the storylines on Nitro because that was that was obviously short during the one-hour era where they talk about these big storylines that had actually been put on Saturday night. Yeah. And, and Guerrero wins by count-out because Benoit got his head rammed into the post by um, Malenko. Oh, so it looks like we're building something here, which is a bit interesting. Oh. But uh, Liam, what's the deal between Jimmy Hart and Dean Malenko? Yeah, now, now you're just having withdrawal symptoms, aren't you? Looking for a crutch, yeah. a replacement, yep. a surrogate. You know it. Yep. You'll be setting up your own I banquet table at this rate. I need to, how do you know I haven't already done it? I might be sitting at a banquet table right now doing this this very broadcast. I'm loving these little inserts. I think I think early in the two-hour era, they did a few sort of things like this, but then they disappeared again. But they're back, mm. these little up-next inset promos. Big fan. Do you know, Liam, our world's about to change. Yeah, he's getting to... Just, just to really hammer it home, it's not like just that... He, these promos are, are dragging out a ridiculously long time, but also he's getting two per show. One so an that hour. Make, yeah, that that makes it feel um, twice as long as it actually was. Yeah, if you if you watched back to back nitros for an entire day, you would get twenty four glacier promos. <gasps> Someone has confiscated the bedsheets, Dino. Yep. Boo. Security have confiscated the bedsheets. That's like when that Jobsworth takes away the beach ball at the football matches. Boo that person. <laughs> <laughs> or the wrestling show, for that matter. Well, no, you don't interrupt the wrestling show. That's 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 rude. But interrupt the football. Oh. Fuck football. <laughs> Except for when it comes home. If. It won't. Curse of ITV. I mean, I know I might alienate some of the American listeners a little bit, but let's be honest here, Dean. Uh, Gareth Southgate, second straight major tournament semi-final. In- England football is in a much, much better state of health than it ever was. So I'm happy to just go along with the ride. As long as you realise that we're going to lose because of the curse of ITV. Someone has to lose at some point. It's okay. I'm glad we made the, the semi. Anything before the semis would have upset me. Losing to Germany is always annoying because they always win and we actually won this time. Yeah. Getting knocked out Who by knows? Ukraine just before a semi-final would have been pretty uh, depressing. But now, if you know, Denmark and the, and the story with their, so their really good side, under... Underrated how good some of those players are, especially like Atalanta and that, and obviously the emotion of Christian Eriksen. 
you wouldn't begrudge them it, even if you'd be gutted it wasn't England. Oh, no, I put a bet on them to win, so I'll be quite happy. So what, to win the tournament or to win this match? No, no, to win the whole tournament. I was going to say, because on the match, it's blasphemous. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so here comes Lex Luger, our, our lone headliner, you might say. They've done and a good job of building We've got to a very that. peculiar main event of Lex Luger v Big Bubba. His his entrance is really conveying, and people like to shit on Lex Luger and how good he is. But um, he's really conveying that he is he's kind of carrying that burden tonight. Yeah, he he looks distracted and subdued. So this is for the TV title. Yeah, and they've also mentioned that he uh, he apparently picked up a concussion from that spot in the main event at Bash of the Beach. Because it's 1996, yeah, you're right to come back eight days later. <laughs> yep. It was yep, a different fine. time. Different time. Well, we've still got 15 minutes in this broadcast, and I can pretty much guarantee this match isn't going 15 minutes. Unless they go at a Harlem Heat style pace from earlier, <laughs> which, oh God, I hope not. Did you uh, see there was a video clip during the rounds on Twitter a couple of days ago where Lex Luger on Nitro was trying to get up uh, the Rochester Roadblock, if you remember him, like 400-pounder on Nitro, trying to get him up in the torture rack. And he drops him twice before finally getting him in it. And like when he finally gets the move on, the crowd go ballistic for him. Because they're kind of like they're willing him to do it. Yeah, I mean, it plays into it well there, doesn't it? I mean, no, like, as, as we touched upon earlier, things like repeating the spot can be a bit glaring, but I suppose in there, if he's just trying to get big man up, yeah, outside that, yeah, of maybe a little bit match. of, yeah, outside of maybe a little bit of like infighting, you know, where on the third attempt, you'd expect this guy to have recovered enough to maybe try and throw a few punches and Luger has mm. to club him back down and then get on. Outside of that, what no, more does, can you ask for? Because basically, he gets him up to shoulder level, but then drops him. So basically, the, the roadblock guy takes a bump to the floor, which is, you know, therefore he can sell that. So true, he's, true. he's doing, it, it all makes sense there. But yeah, it's, it's great because it's meant to be the finish. And he's like, no, I'm going to do this. Of course, I have to look, find it if you can find it. Yeah, I have to say, Although it doesn't look too amazing on paper, Big Bubba and Lex Luger, go here, if they went a flat five minutes with no resting, I could watch that. These guys can obviously go on a burst of wind when they want to. But as you said, they're definitely not long match specialists. No, but I mean, you know, Big Bubba, boss man, whatever you want to call him, you know, he's a good solid hand in there. You're never going to get a stinker out of him, really. Better as a baby face, I thought, obviously, because it suited Absolute, him more to yeah. have those big, valiant bursts. He had that, right, you remember, he he hit like a really good run of form as a baby face in WWE when he was mm. feuding with like the Mountie and guys like that. Uh, he got really slim. He was burning a lot of energy, covering a lot of ground and working at baby face formula. It worked a treat for him, I thought. Definitely, definitely. Does he compare that to when he returned to the WWE in, yep. in the always oh, the new old order? Yeah, well, oh, there's Hall and Nash in a limo, but where's Hogan? 
bear in mind, we've not seen Hogan without the red and yellow yet. We saw him turn, but we've not seen him since he turned. So obviously yeah. there's a lot of suspense about what he's going to look like. Will he look the same? Will he just be like dressed in normal clothes, fruit of the looms? <laughs> Will he be uh, back to his midlife crisis, all black that we saw? And his Zorro at the mask. tail end of 95 and Zorro mask. But yeah, they have... They have eked this out tremendously. They've eked this out across two hours, and we still, with with like what, ten, twelve minutes to go in a two-hour broadcast, and we have still not seen Hulk Hogan. But they haven't stopped talking about him for the whole show, and which you're... I know falls straight into your pooch analogy. Yeah, but I mean, in an instance like this, you know, this this was a big thing. This isn't this isn't boring old Hulk Hogan hogging the uh, the spot, and that was the problem. You know, it's a it's a meritocracy of sorts. And if if what he's doing is interesting and fresh, as we've seen, because when he, you know, remember when he had that match with Sting, that forgotten match with Sting, we were extremely invested because we wanted to see how he would play, how things would go. When he's just crushing five hills at once every week, we one second of it is too much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Heenan's going in two-footed on Hogan now about him moaning that Ted Turner didn't give him enough money, which is obviously self-explanatory because everyone knows that Hulk Hogan just gets an absolute shed load. Was it like 25% of the revenue of any pay-per-view he was on? Something along that. I don't know if 25% was exact, but it was a large chunk of all pay-per-views on, on or off, is, I believe. Yeah. No, only the one, because he had a deal where he'd only do so many pay-per-views per year, but of those pay-per-views, he would get like that percentage. Really? Of I, the, f- I feel like it yeah. might have been... Which is why... No, if you if you look if you look through like ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, there is a reason why Hogan is not on every single pay per view. Well, I just thought it was because he was a lazy toe rag, but yeah. <laughs> so we're going to a break, and just as we go to a break, we see uh, the outsiders back. <laughs> So yeah, the, obviously now this now this match has gone past five minutes. It's the entire oh, big bubble looked like he was smooching Luger there. He was biting he was him on the nose. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, the the match Only one is... person's allowed to bite you on the nose, and that's me. <laughs> yeah, the ma- the match is obviously dragging now, uh, but it's 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 being carried entirely by the suspense of the New World Order, because now yeah. you would know, looking at your clock even live, you'd know that this must be the last match and something's going to happen soon. You just yeah. know the referees getting told when it's time for them to go home. Mm. Luger with two running clotheslines. Yeah, here's a superhuman comeback, so the end is near, surely. Oh no, punch to the stomach by Bubba. Double clothesline. Do 
Jimmy Hart's up on the apron, and here come the outsiders. Yep, Jimmy Hart on the apron. Are we going to get a note? Are we going to get... Oh, Luger's got... Has Luger got a foreign object or something? He took it off, off of, of Jim, Bubba yeah. Rogers, I think. And, and here comes Nash. Here comes Nash. Quite how a seven-foot man can run up from behind and you not spot him, I don't know, but Luger managed <laughs> it. And here's Hogan, smirking, dressed all in black, but still with a big gold cross round his neck. Well, yeah, you got to have your crucifix, don't you? Yeah, there's no yellow, there's no red. He's wearing black. Just like he did in that little dummy run before. Yeah. He's got a, the weightlifting belt with Hulk, a black weightlifting belt with Hulkster still written in the usual lettering, but in white letters. So Hollywood Hulk Hogan hasn't hasn't been born yet. Although Mean Gene did call him Hollywood Hulk Hogan in one of those little interviews. Ah, yes. Oh, sorry, Hogan's got two crucifixes around his neck. So they've kicked Luger out of the ring, and I believe Bubba's in there now. So now there'll be that moment. Do they attack the heel as yeah. well? Well, Hogan's helping Bubba up to his feet. Oh, and they're now wondering if Bubba's joined the NWO, being an ex-WWF guy. Yeah. It's a good way to continue the thing, but look at Hall behind him. Handshake. Yeah. And he sets the dogs on him. Sets the dogs on him. (laughs) That's basically what he's done there, isn't it? But we're still waiting. Are we going to get a promo from Hogan or are we just going to see this appearance? It looks like we've got time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, let's get Mean Gene in the ring. But then, like you said, Liam, we've now seen them. We've now seen the NWO. They've attacked the faces and they've attacked the heels because they're WCW. Yeah. And there was was a perfect one to attack first because you're wondering... Does uh, Bubba Rogers fit the criteria, so to speak? But it's also the fact that he shook hands. So it's like he was ready to join. Yeah. Like, uh, he reacted when he first got up and saw them and Hulk calmed him and he was diplomatic. Mm. Uh, Yeah. And that poor Mean Gene's got her into the lion's den again. You've led us down the primrose path. Now, there's a phrase you don't hear a lot anymore. (laughs) He wishes he did it two years ago. I think the main reason he wishes he did it two years ago, Dean, is because the majority of his Hulkamania acted WCW went down like a fart in church. 
Very much so. As we as this Nitro watch along series has covered, because he was getting increasingly desperate with some of his acts, wasn't he? Yes. Midlife crisis, and, Hogan. And they are—they're getting mainly booed, aren't they? Yes. And they've done it in the right way, really, to keep it there. And obviously, right now he's being ultra aggressive and snarm in his promo. We're not really yet in a generation of wrestling where you could be this horrible and aggressive against the fans and get cheered. We're not there yet, are we, with Cool Hills? No, no, not at all. We have just seen a close-up of an entire family all wearing matching Winnie the Pooh Mm t-shirts giving thumbs down to Hulk Hogan. That's the big judgment. He's uh, he he just described Sting as a skinny bodybuilder, which is surely a contradiction in terms. <laughs> uh, and now he's basically insinuating that Elizabeth divorced the Macho Man because he couldn't get it up. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't just me who heard it that way. Yeah, and the rubbish or the garbage, as our American friends will know, is starting to rain down. And I do what do you think this was? Did did this display of rubbish throwing happen organically, or do you think like they tried WWE tried to start it themselves? I think Bash at the Beach was pretty. Bash at the Beach was natural, and obviously because because that was a big thing that has been talked about at this point now it's being replicated because it happened there and then it will just security keep snowballing presumably yeah security are now being obvious by their presence but anyway the pro this promo is pretty much a replication of the promo he did in um on the bash at the beach pay-per-view hmm. oh here we go just these these three are just the foundation. He's gonna build an empire. Yeah, will there be more outsiders? <laughs> Maybe so, he'll bring in Eric Bischoff's friends. Fuck that, just bring in Eric Bischoff. I think security have now stepped in because the rubbish has stopped raining down. Oh, as soon as <laughs> that, I say that, another bottle flies in. That shit won't wash here. <laughs> oh, genies, what about the poor kids? Think well, about somebody, the children. Please think of the children. Oh, the kids didn't want to follow the path, so he's done with them. <laughs> nah, he doesn't want to mess with the machos of the stings. He wants the belt. Here we yep. go. He's challenging the giant to the world title match. Because although it makes sense in this particular context, of course we can't have the belt away from Hulk Hogan for too long, can we? God, no. 
And didn't he have like a year-long title reign? Yeah. Because when Hulk Hogan is a heel, he strongly believes that heels should have long reigns. And right. when he's a babyface, he strongly believes that babyfaces should have long reigns. Right. <laughs> mean Gene just said that Hogan is out of his mind. Yeah, they're kicking all the bottles out. Yeah. And they've challenged other wrestlers to come, but there's no sign of anyone else. No. Nash has got himself... Oh, hang on. Nash Nash has somehow got a chair, even though he hasn't left the ring. Someone's handed him a ring, a chair. So, yeah, the Steiners and the Dungeon of Doom coming out together, and the Horsemen. So, yeah, we have now definitely defined the fact that it is WCW as a whole against... Especially when when they just laid out Luger and Bubba. That really made it clear. Yes. Well, that brings this episode of Nitro to an end. But yeah, as you say, they, we have now totally and definitely established that it is a united WCW against the New World Order. The battle lines have been drawn, basically. Yeah, that was the episode we kind of need. It, feel, it feels like if you took the, the one immediately after Bash at the Beach and this smushed them all together, took the best parts of both and made it one two-hour episode. There has been a really good post-Bash episode. But it's been dragged out over four hours. and mm. Especially from an in-ring standpoint, the speed and the pace and the significance of some of it was a bit of a chore. It wasn't, it wasn't a great episode of TV, but there were definitely some parts of that that were very good and very enjoyable. But yeah, yeah again, again, the two-hour format, they've only really hit it like with a with a with a good note a couple of times I'd say, and we're yeah. now almost two months in. Yeah, I mean we have had a couple where we've said it's been really good, but that definitely dragged. I mean that main event between Luger and Bubba was eleven and a half minutes. Yeah, if it, it had a, been five, as you said earlier. Yeah. 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 And yeah, there's a there are a couple of good high energy matches. Maybe three, you know, you give give the Medusa match the benefit of the day. Just had that one little period where they slowed it down, and I think they realised, oh, actually, no, <laughs> that's not going to wash this crowd, and they picked up the pace again. So yeah. that deserves a pass as well. Uh, Malenko, Kidman, Benoit Guerrero, they they can go at that tempo to keep the crowd engaged. Uh, and as the crowd showed, they were there for the taking. So by doing those sluggish other matches on the card. You've basically you you you're drawing it out, unfortunately. Yeah. So um, having said that, how you know the battle line's been drawn, everyone's in it together. Our main event for next week's Nitro is a six-man tag where we've got the original Bash at the Beach team of Luger, Sting, and Savage against the four Horsemen of Anderson, Benoit, and Steve McMichael. Um. So that's uh, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. But we've got a couple. I'll tell you one match that you're going to definitely like the sound of: Chavo Guerrero Jr. and Dean Malenko. Oh, D- Dean Malenko's low key bringing it on nitros, like ever, yeah. ever since the and, start, uh, especially yeah. now. And Eddie Guerrero and Psychosis. So yeah, that's going to be that's going to be pretty damn good. So um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully next week will be or the next one that we look at will be um, will be a slightly. Uh, better paced but well, we shall see 
Right. Um, well, I guess that brings us to an end of, end of this episode and end of this this Nitro watch long. So don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at becausewcw or on Facebook.com forward slash becausewcw. We will be back very shortly with um, either another watch long or a pay per view review. It depends, it depends on who we get and where we get them, really. But um, yes, we'll definitely be uh, putting another one out very soon. Um, so on behalf of me, this is me, Twisted Junior, saying thanks for downloading us. And we'll see you ringside.